This is Sarah Hurwitz with the 10-Minute Writer's Workshop. And I'm Virginia Prescott. For many writers, hitting their stride means finding their voice. Success for Sarah Hurwitz is in creating a voice for others. Sarah was candidate Hillary Clinton's chief speechwriter during the 2008 presidential primary and was quickly snatched up by the Obama campaign. She followed them to the White House and was soon named First Lady Michelle Obama's head speechwriter. Barack and I were raised with so many of the same values. Like, you work hard for what you want in life. That your word is your bond, that you do what you say you're gonna do. That you treat people with dignity and respect, even if you don't know them, and even if you don't agree with them. I asked Sarah about how she does it and confirmed that she did indeed work on that 2008 speech to the Democratic National Convention that was later plagiarized by then-candidate Trump's wife, Melania. Sarah, I'm not sure I know anyone who grows up thinking, I want to be a speechwriter. How how did this happen for you? You know, it's funny. uh, My father had actually been a speechwriter for a congressional candidate years ago, so I knew what the job was. And when I was in college, I had the good fortune of interning in Vice President Al Gore's speechwriting office during the Clinton administration. And I worked for these wonderful speechwriters who encouraged me, helped me get my first job out of college, very junior kind of, you know, assistant to a speechwriter kind of job. And from there, one job just kind of led to another. And you obviously work with a lot of other speechwriters. How did they typically get to be speechwriters? You know, people come to this from every possible angle. It's amazing. I mean, one of the one of President Obama's speechwriters during the first administration had actually been a math major in college. You know, people come to it having been communicating communication staff. They come to it having been policy people. A lot of people come to it from interning in a speech writing office like I did and then, you know, kind of apprenticing themselves to a skilled writer. Really, you know, there is no speech writing grad school. There's no kind of clear path to this. It's really a lot of just good luck. How do you learn or get someone else's voice? Because you have to write as them. Exactly. I think this is one of the biggest challenges of being a speechwriter. And the way you do it, I I often say that speechwriters are kind of like voice recognition software, where the more time you spend with that software kind of training it, the better it will reflect reflect your voice. And that's very similar with speechwriters. You know, the more time a principal, who that's our name for the person you write for, the more time a principal spends with their speechwriter telling them, this is what I want, this is what I don't want, giving input on speeches, giving edits, giving feedback, the better you come to know the person's voice. You know, Mrs. Obama was amazing at giving feedback. And she, you know, this is a woman who knows who she is and always knows what she wants to say. So she was just amazing at being very clear about here are the points I want to make, here's the language I want to use, here are the stories I want to tell. And then once there was a draft, she would, you know, edit and edit and edit and just give all sorts of feedback. So, you know, after years of working for her, I really had her voice in my head. You know, I would actually hear her voice as I wrote saying, okay, let's make sure this transition is smooth or, you know, this part doesn't feel quite tight enough. Let's really tighten it up. I would actually hear her voice in my head. So you were chief speechwriter for Michelle Obama, right? Yes. I I have to ask, did you write the speech that was plagiarized by (laughs) Melania Trump? I did work on that speech, yes. Oh, you did? 2008 convention speech, So you actually have the distinction of writing for two first ladies. (laughs) So I've been told. (laughs) Well, how did that feel to, you know, hear your words or partly your words plagiarized? Well, there are definitely Mrs. Obama's words. You know, she really, again, like I just, she's just someone who really knows what she wants to say. But, um, you know, my my reaction honestly was, this is every speechwriter's worst nightmare, right? Mm. And I also just thought to myself, 
man, I am so lucky to work in the Obama administration and on the Obama campaigns where we just cared so much about always telling the American people the truth, about always being so accurate. I mean, every line of every speech I ever wrote went through a rigorous fact-checking process where we had you know, full-time staff checking every line of these speeches to the point where, I'm not kidding, I might start a speech saying, you know, it's so great to be here in this city. You know, thanks so much to my good friend, Mayor so-and-so, who's doing a great job on this issue. And I might get back an email from a fact checker saying, okay, wait a second, you know, do we have proof that the mayor and Mrs. Obama are indeed friends, you know, or maybe perhaps they're acquaintances? Let's be clear about that. And, you know, I just found three articles questioning the mayor's leadership on such and such issues. So maybe Mrs. Obama should say a good job instead of a great job. I mean, that level of care with accuracy and, and honesty. And, you know, I had a lot of support in that. And I'm, I'm grateful for that. Hmm. Well, your speeches not only were plagiarized, but often quotes are pulled from them. They're tweeted. Did it ever bother you that, you know, your words, your work, you're really not getting credit for them? You know, it doesn't because at the end of the day, you know, so much is Mrs. Obama, right? These are her ideas, her feelings, her stories, you know, her her words. So I didn't I never felt like, oh, that's mine. That's being taken. You know, I felt like I was always there to channel her voice, to help her express herself. So I didn't really feel that way. And the truth is that speech writing, it's an unusual type of writing, right? You're not writing on your own voice. You're not writing on your own behalf. So you actually come to expect that the person who you're writing for will get the credit. And, you know, in the case of writing for people like the Obamas, rightly so, right? And these are people who know what they want to say. They do deserve the credit. So it never bothered me. So how do you, how, what was that process like? How did you get those ideas? Did you, you know, get assignments? You're going to be doing the speech for X and get materials? Or, or did you talk it through with the president and Mrs. Obama? Yeah. So the typical process for, you know, a big speech with Mrs. Obama is that, you know, I'd find out the topic and the venue and I'd often do a little bit of research in advance just so I kind of understood, you know, what does this audience care about? What, you know, if it's a a university commencement, okay, what are these students like? What is the history of their university? What is the venue like? And then I would sit down with Mrs. Obama and other members of her team and I would say, what do you want to say here? And she would always just have some amazing, edgy, smart, interesting idea. And she would have things that she'd want to tell the audience. She want to make sure that she was honoring their stories. So she's always wants to learn about her audiences. You know, what you know, what have they achieved? What do they care about? What are they worried about? So that she can really speak directly to them. And then I would take all of that you know, take that with my research, other stuff, weave it into a draft, and then send it around to colleagues and then send it to her, and she would really edit heavily. That must take a lot of time. It does. It really does. And it depends. You know, some speeches you have less time, some you have more, but it is, it can be very time consuming. But, you know, when you're in the White House, you don't have time to wallow in writer's block, Mm -hmm. right? Like you can't get stuck. The speech has been given on Thursday, whether you have writer's block or not. So, you become kind of trained in very quickly overcoming writer's block, right? Yeah. If I were stuck, it's like I get 10 minutes to be stuck, and then I'm going to email a colleague. I'm going to take a walk. I'm going to get unstuck. You just don't – you can't let yourself wallow. How is it different than writing a book? You are writing for the ear, obviously. Right. So writing for the ear versus writing for the eye are two very, very different art forms. You know, when you are writing to be read – you actually care about grammar, right? You actually care about proper sort of sentence structure and things like that. When you're writing to be heard, you want to really write how people talk. So I started lots of sentences with because. I had lots of sentence fragments because that's how we talk. 
I just did it. A little example there. You know, that is, we don't talk in fully formed grammatical sentences. That sounds actually a little bit stilted and awkward. But I think, I think sometimes when you read a speech on a paper, you might have an impulse to edit it. You'll think like, this is not grammatically right, or this, this writing feels odd to me. But then when you hear it, it sounds great. So it really is about capturing the natural cadence of the human voice as opposed to something that people would read from a paper. What happens if you disagree with something that the president or the first lady said? Or has that ever happened? It's funny. I get this question all the time about what if you disagree with the person you write for? And my answer is I don't, period. I, you know, I, I do not write for people with whom I disagree on matters of policy, on basic core values. You know, I am entirely in alignment with the Obamas, so that was never an issue for me. Did you ever hand over a speech to them that they just didn't like? <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> that is the reality. All right, you know? <laughs> Let's hear about them as editors, the president versus the yeah. first lady. No, you know, I think the longer you write for someone, the less often that happens, right? Because you're just better getting their voice. You have a better sense of what they want and need. You know, the feedback I would get is like, okay, you know, this isn't quite what I had in mind. So let's just kind of start over and here, here's what I'm really looking for. And, you know, it was always kind and very specific and very constructive. So, you know, as hard as it is to get that news of like, I don't like this speech. It was actually tempered by the fact that I had what I needed to start over. You know, I never got the, ugh, I'm just not feeling it. I don't know why. Never. I mean, that's just inconceivable to me. It was always, okay, here's why this isn't working, and here's how I'd like to fix it, which is such a blessing as a writer. Is there one speech, one moment of a speech that really stands out for you in your career with the Uh, Obamas? You know, I really, thinking about the DNC speech, just the line that she said, talking about how, you know, she wakes up every morning in a house that was built by slaves. I just think that line is the encapsulation of the American story, of the American dream, of, you know, the things that make us so great, that incredible forward progress of history that feels a little bit stalled or sidetracked right now, but I'm very hopeful we'll get back on track. But that That was just such a a powerful moment for me. Sarah, thank you so much for speaking with us. Thank you. It's a pleasure. Sarah Hurwitz, who worked for the Obamas for eight years, seven of them exclusively as head speechwriter for First Lady Michelle Obama. The 10-Minute Writers Workshop is produced for NHPR by Sarah Plourd and Taylor Quimby. If you're trying to discover your voice as a writer or assume someone else's and benefit from the 10-Minute Writers Workshop, help others find it. You can leave a review at Apple Podcasts. It really helps. Until next time, I'm Virginia Prescott.